Hello there, little noodles. I'm Kata. This is Under Further Review. Um, I am introing this episode alone, which is a little weird because I usually have Mike here, but he is so, so, so busy, so I thought I would give him the day off today. Um, it is a really strange sensation to just kind of sit here and talk into a microphone with no one on the other end of it, but <laughs> we're going to see how this goes. Um, we have a really exciting episode for you today. We called up a really, really great friend of mine who I actually used to be roommates with back in the day. I Sophomore year of college, of undergrad, we lived together with like four other people. Actor Tony Mocht is going to join us. You might know him from the New York theater scene. What else has he done? Oh, he did an episode of Amy Sedaris's show. He did a film with Justin Long. Um, you've definitely seen his face around. And Tony is also a diehard Baltimore Ravens fan. So we get into a little bit of the drama that has surrounded the Ravens this season and projections for the future. It's really fun. Tony and I have known each other for almost a decade. We went to boarding school together and then undergrad together. So it's been a really, really long time. But we're so glad he could make the time to join us. Uh, if you're new here, you should follow us on social media. Our handle is at UFRVODCAST, that's with a V, at U-F-R-V-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, you can give us a shout in our DMs or via email. Our email is helloufr at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast if you like what you hear. You can rate it if you like it. You can review it if you like it. And... Yeah, we read everything that we get, so um, we and we try to respond to everybody too. So we try to keep you guys as involved as possible. We hope you're having a great holiday season. Christmas is this week. If you're celebrating that, uh, other holidays have already passed. But we have some really fun guests coming up for you in the coming weeks. Uh, you'll notice that we, we didn't put out a podcast last week and that was because I was busy as usual. <laughs> what else is new? But we have an additional episode coming out later this week. We always do the holiday episode with my partner in living. That's Mr. Mike Brown. And so he's going to join us for some fun Christmassy games and things like that a little bit later this week. And we'll talk a little bit more football. And then after that, uh, we have an editor from The Athletic is going to join us. That should be super fun. And, you know, I shouldn't really spoil what's coming next. You'll just have to subscribe. And when it pops up on your feed, be like, oh, shit, I love that person. Because uh, that's pretty much our reaction to the next several guests we have lined up as we head into a brand new year, 2021. Which, I'd, I don't know about you guys, I have some mixed emotions about. There's this very like large perception that I feel like is happening. And I think a lot of that is based on this like social media culture and also like canceling 2020 that, you know, clock strikes midnight, it's 2021 and everyone thinks that everything's just going to go away and all of our problems are going to be solved. And that's just so not the case. And it's starting to really get on my nerves. Uh, actually, it's really been getting on my nerves for a while. That's not going to happen. So... Obviously, we encourage everybody to just continue to stay safe. The end is near, and we talk about this a little bit with Tony. Now that the vaccine has made its way to the U.S., there's just kind of a lot more widespread hope. It doesn't necessarily mean that we can stop taking the precautions that we've been taking, but it is exciting. I'm filled with a lot of warmth and a lot of joy that it looks like there will be an end to this, which just didn't feel possible, not, you know, a month ago even. So that's exciting. But anyways, uh, I'll stop talking. I hope you guys are staying safe and enjoying your holidays to the best of your abilities, uh, watching lots of holiday movies and listening to nice holiday songs or not, you know, whatever floats your boat, find joy however you can. And we hope you enjoy this conversation with our good buddy, Tony Mocked. 
You guys know that there's no end to my obsession with my fur baby, my little Joey girl, and how much I love to show her off to our neighborhood and to the social media community. It's so important to me that her inner poise is also exhibited on the outside. And for that, I always turn to Luna's Perfect Gifts. A female-owned, eco-friendly small business, Luna's Perfect Gifts has everything you need to outfit your dog to the nines. Their products are fashionable, comfortable, and sustainable, and our listeners get a special discount. Luna's Perfect Gifts is offering our squad 20% off your first order with the code WELCOME20. That's WELCOME20. Luna's Perfect Gifts has everything for every season. Cozy scarves for the winter, which Joey loves, festive bows and bandanas, and accessories for humans, too, including scrunchies, keychains, and headbands, so you and your pup can match. Because y'all know, I love things that match. Visit Luna's Perfect Gifts. That's L-U-N-A-S. P-A-W-F-E-C-T-G-I-F-T-S dot com and enter the code WELCOME20 to get 20% off perfect gifts for your favorite fur babies. It's going, it's okay. You can obviously hear HGTV in the background. Yeah, and that's what it's it like is. It's like very, uh, We like HGTV. It's the, it's the best background TV, sh- like uh, cha- cable, cable channel. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's the best cable channel because like you don't have to pay attention, but you can jump in and just have a quick opinion about the countertop they picked. Hello. There he Hello. is. Can he hear us yet? No. Hi. Yeah, sorry, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> we're we're hanging. I'm <laughs> I'm hanging in my I'm in my sister outlaw's closet. Sister outlaws. <laughs> yeah. Not out. Not outlaw. Well, we're not, Michael and I aren't married, so she is not my in-law. She is my She's certainly not your out, yeah, your outlaw. (laughs) She's not an escaped convict, though. No, no. If anything, that's me, but. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, she, uh, she allowed me to use her closet because we ended up stuck at, at her house this weekend. She just had a baby six days ago and every she just moved into this huge house. But every room has like this crazy echo. So I'm like, can I sit in your closet for an hour? How's the baby? Oh, he's so cute. He's um, he's only six days old and he is really 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 tiny. They induced her labor a week early because they thought he was going to be like a giant and turns out that was not the case he's just this like long gangly thing i think i think all babies are ugly i don't like babies at all but this baby's actually kind of cute that's good yeah. I'm, I, I'm with you on the on the weird baby train my cousin just had a baby it looks like a little naked mole rat it's right they aliens. all do aliens yeah as far as i'm concerned tony you've met mike right i I'm not sure. I honestly, maybe at a, have you been to a chug off? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's entirely possible. I think we've met and, but I don't think we're ever going to find out where. <laughs> like I, I, I feel confident that our, our paths have crossed if not more than once, but to sit here and wonder when would just be a waste of, uh, uh, cause I'll never know. And I know that about myself. Are you, are you a Patriots fan? No. <laughs> No, 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 I'm from Philly. You're from Philly, okay. Yeah. God, I feel okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't pinpoint it. I was thinking maybe I had him over to the Chateau once, but... Um, I mean, I was. I was definitely there, um, which is probably... Where, if we like were to roll the dice, that would have been where it was, was when I was in your apartment or your, your space, your freshman, sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Of course. I was there. Yeah, you definitely came to that place, but... Yeah, I don't know, but it's crazy, Mike. I've known Tony. Tony, we've known each other for like nine years. It's insane. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. It's so wild to think about. Like we were children. Yes. What did we do? What was? Did we do a show together in our life? We did. We did. Which one? It did was, we do a together? We, we were both in the, right. We did a fellow together, but we did a studio, or I don't know what they called them. Well, one act. We did a one act together. Yes. So we did. A, that was. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, wild. I it it, <laughs> it was good. It was a great. That was like when I peaked. Yeah. <laughs> it was my peak as an actor. That's why I don't do it anymore. I'm done. Beginning of the in the beginning of the end <laughs> for your acting career. <laughs> Isn't it weird to say that with we're getting to the point in our lives where we possibly could know people for a decade or more? 
how unacceptable is that? I got to start cutting people off. I'm excited for it, actually. My, I, I've lived with this person, Daniel Duran. I've lived with him now for, if you add it all up, I think seven years. So we, we basically have a common law marriage at this point. Like, it's, it's a little gross, the habits that we've developed, but it's beautiful also. I mean it. And it works. I mean, that's the thing. How often do you find a roommate where you're like, I just really want to be with you forever? <laughs> <laughs> the Daniel, wait. Daniel's an interesting choice, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But like, what are the common law? Like, is that, is that, could you possibly have a common law marriage? I thought that, it was like, 10 years. It, I thought it was seven. It might I, be seven. I have no idea. Hold. I know that, that this year, on Mike's tax returns, he claimed me as a dependent. Really? Because, the audacity. Because we we have categorized ourselves as like a, like, what is it? Like life partner? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There is no common law marriage uh, circumstance in New York. Darn. So you- a bachelor once again. <laughs> Honestly, seven years wasted. I, I, I thought I made it. <laughs> oh man tony what have you been up to where are, are you in new york i'm in new york i'm in my apartment um i have i'm on break from school i'm in grad school at nyu right now um and i've been doing a whole lot of nothing we played in the snow we we played football in the snow just a second ago actually that was very cute um just me patrick and LMA. um what else have I been doing? We've been, we've been doing a, a movie roll every night. So, like, you whoever gets the highest roll in the dice gets to pick the movie that we all watch. Mm. Um, so we've watched three Christmas movies. Now we watch White Christmas, Die my Hard. My favorite. White Christmas is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. White Christmas is good. I've never seen it before. Oh, it's so um, good. Yeah. Bing Crosby's good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, obviously. But he's amazing. Um and then last night we watched the Jim Carrey Grinch. It's my favorite. I was just going to say, I, it was bursting out of me. I was like, I want to tell them my favorite, but I don't want to be rude. And you already nailed it. It's really good. I had not seen that one. At, I've never seen that one. It's a, it's a good one. I can't believe you haven't seen that. That's like, I feel like part of the canon. I'm, I have, I've never really been into Christmas movies, but now that I'm watching them and just like not hating on them for being Christmas movies and just watching them as movies. I'm actually impressed with almost all of them, you know. That's I, I the Grinch is one of those that I'm pretty sure came like is old enough to have come out on VHS. Like I'm pretty sure I had that on VHS at one point. I'm going to take a wild guess here. Patrick picked that one. Yes, you absolutely you absolutely got the right answer there. You know Patrick's been on the show before, right? Yes, they told me they told me they had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. We got really wasted, but it was a different era. Yeah. I think Jim Carrey would have won an Oscar for that movie had it not been a Christmas movie. You know, like the optics of it, like wouldn't like a lot. Yes, and I mean that one thousand percent. I think Jim Carrey should have won an Oscar for that movie. Um, I don't care if it was a Christmas movie. Let's see what else. Let's see who won that year. It was two thousand. Could have been anybody. It's Twenty I, I, years ago. Oh my god. Don't say that. Lie to me. Kevin Spacey for American Beauty. Okay. Okay. We could retract his Oscar for being a, an asshole and then give it to Jim Carrey. I'm I'm down for that. All right. I just let's start the petition. Jim, Jim Carrey like revolutionized that move. Like no one will ever do the Grinch. Like Matthew Morrison, what are you doing? No offense, Matthew, but no. Like Jim Carrey ended this. At this point, it should be a woman playing the Grinch, or I just not interested anymore because Jim Carrey did it. <laughs> Jim Carrey did it, and now I need someone to do it differently. Facts. And that's and that's that on that. Facts. <laughs> I I am not like so this is kind of controversial, I, I know, but I'm <laughs> as as much as I love funny things, I'm like like there's there's like a train, right? And riding that car is like Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, Vince Vaughn. Uh, Owen Wilson. I almost said Luke Wilson, but he's not really on that train. He is actually a little bit. Oh, and cool. and I I would try purposefully to derail that train car. I'm I'm just I can't get into it. There, everyone has all of those actors have their hits, but 
I, it's it's like something about like the idiot comedy that I just can't. I don't know. What about Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell? I mean, he's on that car. That's for sure. But. So you are just not into dumb comedies. No. And it sucks too, because I'm a big fan of the rom-com genre and a lot of them have done a lot of that work, but. Yes. Like, like 50 first dates is a favorite movie in our house. It's not mine, but it is a favorite movie in our household. Um, and and I can definitely appreciate some of that stuff for like what it is, but I, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just, it all starts to feel the same after a while. Definitely. I think you have to just love any one bit or scene or joke. You can't, you can't even look at them as different movies at a certain point. They're all, they all definitely blend together. That's yeah. That's you put it perfectly. Um, and Tony, so you've done some work with some comedians. I have. Yes, of course. Can Every... I, ask, can I like get really down to the nitty gritty and ask you what Amy Sedaris smells like? Um, she smells like, like baking soda, but like a hint of like rose petal, I would say in a good way. That's a compliment. Yeah, no, I figured it would be something like really comforting, like, um, like apple pie or like, like fresh cotton right out of the dryer. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one too. That, that... I said lavender and eucalyptus. And I think I might, I, I, I think it's more like a laundry detergent kind of like part of the spectrum is what I'm kind of sensing, which is nice. But that fits. She smells like, she also, the one thing I really remember, honestly, is that she would eat pretzels. She really was into the pretzels. So we can sit like a little dash of pretzels in there also, scent wise. Like that That's nice salty kind of, yeah. Sour. Wow. I just, I feel so enlightened now. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Um, <laughs> how, uh, so, so you said you, you're in New York, you're enjoying your quarantine, you're playing football, you're on break. How is NYU? How's all that going? NYU is good. It's it's very intense. It's like basically 9 a.m. to to like 7 or even later, like basically every day. We've been in person for the most part. Wow. We've, we have like two days a week online and then four in person. Um, yeah, it's been good. It's, it's very intense. It's kind of crazy to be back in academia again. I'm sure you can relate because you went to grad school as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's weird to like give up free. It's weird to be an adult for a couple of years and then return to being a child, basically, and like having your day scheduled for you by an unseen board of people or whatever. Um, but it's been it's been really great so far. I really love it. I got to do a little collaboration with the film students also, so that was fun. Feels like meeting people. You know, it's nice. To, it's nice to meet new people. You know, well, particularly right now, like Jesus. I mean, yeah. there's no way. There's just no way. I think it's like, there's a lot to be said for, not to like give myself a compliment or anything, but that's exactly what I'm about to do. I think there's a lot to be said for people who like enter that real world, like you said, and then decide that they, they're learners and like want to go back to school. Yes, yes. I don't know, like. I think it's also, it's one of the main things I've realized is that, that it's okay to like that. That it's okay. Like, I think I always kind of looked down on academia, even when I was a part of it uh, at like Fordham or, or even in high school and everything. But now I'm just accepting the fact that I do really fucking like it. And these structures are fun and there for a reason. And, you know, I could definitely see teaching one day. I think I would really like that, actually. So that's been interesting to, to admit that finally, because I think most actors they have to pretend like they are they wouldn't want to teach because it seems like some sort of admission that you're not going to be George Clooney but like it's better to just admit that and get ready to be a teacher because that's what we're all going to do well the whole the whole point is to like do what you like anyways and if you like it that's like the, a great first step exactly you yeah. know i think um it like yeah there's that sense of nostalgia too like once you're out it's, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Like I hated school, you know, I, I mean, Tony, you know, I hated school and, 
and then it's gone and it's like oh wow that structure and that opportunity to like collaborate with people is really enriching my life in a way that i miss a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well i'm i'm so happy for you um i completely forgot that you were going to grad school so before this so um that's super exciting um are you are you still I'm assuming with the schedule like that, you're not like out auditioning and sending in a whole lot of tapes and stuff. Not really. I, I still send in some tapes for like voiceover stuff sometimes. And I'm still with this manager I've had since uh, graduating from undergrad and he's chill with me going to school and everything, obviously. But so most for the most part, no. And also work just obviously has been fucked. But they are shooting. People are fucking shooting. I don't know how. I haven't I haven't done any film or TV stuff since COVID, but it's crazy. It really is happening. People are like, good for them, you know? Honestly, like you saw all this shit about like Mission Impossible 7 this week. Wait, no, I totally missed it. Okay, so no, it's, I, I actually, oh, I shouldn't have brought this up because I don't have all the details, but I, a tape was leaked from the set of Mission Impossible in, I believe they're filming somewhere in England. And it's audio of Tom Cruise fucking screaming at I guess two PAs or two people who are working on production because they were like standing too close to each other. That's so that's such a Tom Cruise thing to fucking do. No, but it was amazing. Like people are suddenly rallying around Tom Cruise, which is something I've never seen in my lifetime. Right, exactly. But the funny thing is I feel like Tom Cruise would probably say that before the pandemic. He probably had some like creepy rule that the PAs weren't <laughs> or like some Scientologist idea of germs invading his perfect body or something. Well, like, isn't like, I don't, I admittedly don't know a whole lot about Scientology, but like, I, I would assume based on the terminology that they are advocates strictly for in favor of like science, which is this entire problem right now is basically people not believing that science exists. I, I don't know. I mean, you're giving a lot of credit to the Scientologists. <laughs> and and that's we and we do not endorse Scientology on this podcast. Is this a pro? Yeah, okay. I need to ask. I guess this isn't a explicitly pro Scientology podcast. Oh God! Just put it put it on my tombstone. <laughs> Please put it on this podcast tombstone when we finally die. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's. It's crazy, though, how people have kind of started picking up like New York is is starting to kind of boom again. I think it's fair to say a little bit more than L.A. right now, um, just because things are so bad out there. But um, but what do I know? I'm not in the industry. You are. You're supposed to tell me this stuff. So, yeah, I, don't, I really don't know, though, honestly. I mean, I think uh, I still think it's pretty slow. It's at school. We were they they actually did live theater, which is pretty cool. Um, and the audience were all six feet apart in masks and the actors were six feet apart, even in the blocking and had masks on some with like the clear cover. So you could see their mouth, but some just with the masks. Um, and honestly it worked pretty well. It's obviously completely not feasible to do that professionally because you could only sell like one fourth of the tickets, but it is nice that as students, we were able to actually do live stuff that, that was nice. No, but, totally. That's gotta be wild. Like, performing in a pandemic <laughs> it it was so fucking fun to see it it's it, like it's amazing how much you miss live entertainment and it really does make a difference and be and, you know being in the same space with everyone i miss concerts i can't wait to see concerts again yeah um, but i was gonna i was gonna say do you know um anna's anna michael's girlfriend riley do you know her you no her? i don't think i've ever met her okay she's a doctor and she got the fucking vaccine yesterday Shit. Someone with a vaccine, which is cool. <laughs> That's, you know, I think a big part of this week has been I, I've a few people in my circle have had people who they know get the vaccine. And I just mm. remember like, like, as soon as the news was out that like the vaccine was here in the States, like how how much relief is there with just like like you can kind of breathe out a little bit and exhale because maybe just maybe there's a finish line. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, my entire family is is uh, most of them are healthcare workers, and they're all like lined up this week to get it, which makes me. They're like, "You won't get it till summer," and I'm like, 
they're like kind of flexing about it. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like they are all getting it this week and I'm a little jealous. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. It's hard. Like we all just, and it's always like, it's, it's those of us who have been like staying inside, not seeing any human beings who like, I feel like we should be pretty high up on that list, please. Like we've waited. We're ready. I don't know. No value to society though. That's that, exactly it. That darn society yeah. thing that's stopping us oh man <laughs> tony you and my girls have something in common what's that you both were on the marvelous mrs Maisel. what who are you oh yeah kind of i just i i, I was a friend of one of the pas so like very frequently he called me like in the morning being like can you come on set and stand somewhere and i was like sure <laughs> what scene or episode or whatever I did a lot on the first season. I did, I did like five or six seasons oh, wow. the first season. Like, yeah, I mean, it was just because they had a lot of waivers and they, I knew one of the PAs who was there all the time and I was nearby and I was a really solid call. And so I just kept showing up and at, at a certain point, um, Amy Storm Palladino was like, he can't be in all of them. And I was like, I'm just here for my, my check. I was like, I'm just here to make my cat. Honestly, um, dope that she noted. That's so cool that she noted. It was funny. She walked in one day and she went, really? And I was like, hi. I was like, just here for my 300 and go home. But the food on set, I don't know if it's still like it, is real. And they're like, eat it. And I'm like, okay. And then I and then um, I was then told to not eat as much as it, of it as they expected me to have. Um, I think they didn't expect me to chow down on it and then they had to start replacing things and then I started getting in trouble and I think that's when they stopped calling. So wait, you were eating in a scene in in character, basically? Yeah, I think I was in... Uh, the first one was... Oh, it was when uh, she was at the party. It was like the guys and the girls split. I was in that for a while. I was in a bunch of club scenes. I was in... Oh, they tried to get me to do that the, the scene where uh in the second season where they all were in the army, the all the army guys or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That looks that horrible. One. I I I know a friend who did that. And it was like at a fucking aircraft hangar or something. And like Yeah. It sounded horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I won't do that. But I, I would show up and and uh in Brooklyn and do like it was mostly the 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 cafe or the uh what would you call it? What did they end up calling it? The stand-up. Most of the stand-up were in, in the club. Um, and then there was a couple like walking on the street and it was really out of convenience. They were, and I, again, would just get a call in the morning and because they were all, for anyone that really cares, um, when it comes to extra work, like it actually pays really decently if you get a waiver. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to think, I just kind of stand there and like space out for like hours yeah. and then they feed me and I'm like, and it's go. a good gig and it's just fun to watch them make the show because it, is, it yeah. is like a pretty incredible feat like i was in i was in one episode and i basically was an extra i had like two lines but the camera is so zoomed out you can't even tell so literally i was uh, base i was like yeah basically an extra but just the um, that we spent fucking eight hours getting one shot and that's the thing that and that is what you see when you watch the show is how detailed and it's so visually beautiful. Yeah, it's like a musical. Actually, I was when I was watching White Christmas, I was like, "Oh, this looks a lot like Marvelous Miss Maisel," because like every single scene, you know, the characters will go from brushing hair to making coffee to filing their nails, all in this in like a six line span, and it's very fun to watch. It's completely removed from reality, but it's it's like the the business of it is impressive and fun. That's all. The culture of that set, though, I'll note, I, I'll say, is actually really wonderful. I feel like, I mean, I don't have as much experience as you guys do on on film and television sets, but, um, but like, I don't know. I always kind of feel like with some of these, like more, like there's like tone to the project that is based on the themes within project like you is like like mike you described it as like kind of like abrasive and like weird and that's like a really mm -hmm. abrasive and weird show that i have not seen so i have no right to talk about it whatsoever um but and then mazel is just like it's high energy and it's fun and it's it's careful too like it, it is a very careful show i don't know like i gotta ask you tony like 
like you did what is this movie called that you did with justin long um it's called it's it's called after class it was called safe spaces so i always almost call it that sure but you play kind of a douchebag yeah yeah he's like a, he's like a nice guy white supremacist is the is like the the elevator pitch of the character i guess he's like he's yeah he doesn't mean to be a white supremacist but he like accidentally falls into he's like a reddit he's like a redditor yeah. <laughs> that's Relatable. a really good description i like that i nice like guy. yeah that kind of thing you kind of got to wonder like what's what's that vibe like on a set like that where it's like kind of a fun movie and it's like like your character i feel like is very i i by the way, I haven't seen the movie. I've just seen like your stuff in it. But like your character feels like very well intended and like uh honestly that that set was the most fun I've ever had doing it. I mean also cuz my part was my part in Maisel and my part in Amy Sedaris were both pretty small. I mean Maisel especially really small. But um so in safe spaces or whatever called after class was much more felt like a play to me because I actually did have some rehearsal time. And the director, Dan Schechter, is like, you know, he's making his like little indie movie and like no one saw it. He didn't expect anyone to see it. Um, but it was like it meant more to him than I could tell from anything in TV and film. You have a little more time to do this stuff, I think. Um, that was a great environment. And Justin Long is exactly how you think Justin Long is. He's like comes in. He's like, yeah, I got really high last night. And like, that's all he's talking about. And he's like just shooting the shit and couldn't remember any of his lines but in a charming way um, <laughs> so like that was that was just yeah it was a, it, that was fun and i guess like it yeah it was, that was just a great that was a great experience i, I love i love that movie i liked i like that director a lot dan schechter he even wrote me a fucking recommendation letter for grad school that's how nice no that way that's so sweet yeah oh that's awesome yeah i mean that it just that looks like a fun setting where it's like in class and like with people who are like approximately your age and um, yeah. young professionals, you know, and then Justin Long, who's like basically still 12 years old. So. Exactly. Still always playing 12 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, we shot in the summer, obviously we shot it at new school, which is where the director also taught like filmmaking. And like, it felt like we were literally doing like a Fordham studio show. That's, that's always the best. If they can make the stakes feel low, I think that's when people actually perform their best, you know? Sure. I agree. Sure. Um, all right. Well, Tony, we've gotten this far and we still haven't talked about <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. Let's talk about them. How, how are you? Are you okay? I, I literally couldn't sleep Monday night. I like kept thinking about the game and like watching some highlights. And I like logged into NFL game pass and I like watched the condensed 40 minute version after I had watched already the full game. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was truly probably the best game I've ever seen in my life. You know, certain weight to playoff games or to super bowls, but like just the drama of that game was so high and so amazing. And and for reference, we're recording this podcast on on what's today? Is today Thursday? Yeah, Thursday, December seventeenth. So we're talking about this past Monday night football game, and you're right. That was some real. Sh I can't. I don't think I've enjoyed a a regular season game as much since maybe uh that crazy Rams game in 2018. Chiefs Rams. Chiefs I think. Rams. Yeah. Night football, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was some shit too. But this was like, it, like every second, and I'm just sitting there, and it's 11:30, and I'm like praying to God that it's not going to go into overtime. And it didn't. It didn't. No, it didn't. It was lovely that it didn't. That was that was some wild shit. Um, Lamar. <laughs> that was some wild shit too. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes, that was. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. I believe him that he says it's cramps. I think it really was cramps. I don't know. I don't know what's. Where's the evidence that it was shit? Like everyone's saying. The the evidence that everyone is kind of referring to, which isn't even really evidence, is the way in which he ran into the locker room. Did you see the video? Yeah, of course. But he's wearing cleats and he's walking on wet concrete. That's a, you have to sort of shuffle. 
You know, you can't get traction. I'm out here for the narrative. I'm not out here for the truth. And the narrative I prefer is shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was, um, I, I tried to make a really good joke on Twitter about it. Nobody liked it. But I, I think the, the most Ravens thing to come from that incident, like it could not be any more Ravens, that he leaves. They put Trace McSorley in. Trace McSorley gets hurt. So he has to come back. Like Trace McSorley, he went in, what, like two weeks ago and for like the end of the game, just to like get some reps in because Trace McSorley and he's a really good quarterback. But then he goes in and he gets hurt. What we're looking at is a season ending injury. He's not playing again until next year, probably. And it's all because Lamar had to take a shit. Lamar, go ahead. They said he might play again. They said they're calling it a sprain, not a tear his for his knee for trace. Whatever. It's important for us. Um, Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's pretty Ravens. Like keep, keep Lamar away from the Taco Bell. It is too dangerous to this football (laughs) team. Not a Taco Bell. Oh my God. I mean, who's, who, who now is, uh, he doesn't have a backup on, on the depth chart. I, oh God, what's his name? Because RG3's out, Trace is out. I think, oh no, wait, they picked up some guy from what, like Utah? Is RG3, is, is, is Robert Griffin out? Yeah, RG3 is already on, on the three-week IR, and now Trace is on three-week IR. So for this next week, we don't have anyone except for this guy named Tyler Huntley. Is that his name? I think his name's Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a rookie too. Yeah, apparently he was out playing Trace in camp all the way in the summer. We had that, or or yeah, in practice they've been talking about that. But I mean, God forbid. Hopefully we won't need to use him. And even if if Lamar goes down this week against Jacksonville, I think we would just do what Denver did and basically do like wildcat stuff with Willie Sneed. I don't think he'll ever see the field. This guy, whatever his name is. This actually has made me think a lot about the optics of of football and in, in, in that. What if you have to go pee? What do you do? They drink they drink a lot of water when they're on the field. Yeah. What do what if we're all sitting here like this quarterback did not play their best and we're all like sitting here analyzing it and in their head they're like, I had to pee so bad. I had to pee so bad. And they just didn't want to admit it. They should just put little porta potties on the sidelines. Carson Wentz has had to pee for two full years, and that's what's going on. I feel like that's secretly what the medical tent is. Like, it's like it's like a, a porta potty mixed with like some weird voodoo Minecraft thing where they can like like they have just like a a a row of like vials to shoot people up with when they need to, and be like, okay, go back out there, go. Definitely. What? How do you feel about Hertz? Um. I say that I'll say this to everyone that like I watch football because I it is and I'll argue this to the day I die. Um, it is reality TV, um, definitively. If it, if it fell under any category, it's reality TV. And I if I want reality TV, TV, I want drama. Uh, I love the Eagles, and so I like following the Eagles, and I know a lot about kind of them. That being said, I wanted Hurts in not because I don't like Wentz. I do like Wentz. I think Wentz is really talented. I don't know what's going on. Something's happening clearly, and it, it seems unique to the Eagles and Wentz. I don't actually think it just has to do with Wentz, but I wanted Hurts in because I, I was bored. I was like, this is old. I was like, this is stupid. This is lame. It's hard to watch. I'm still going to watch, but, and he played well. I think he's probably going to have a hard time this week now that there's tape. Because uh, while he's really good, at, he's really elusive, and he see, he's pretty level-headed, it seems, again, these are, I hate like making like assumptions about people's personalities when I don't know them. But from what I saw, he um, he had a decent uh, decent accuracy, pretty elusive, good eye, good like good enough. And he beat the Saints, so like that's not for nothing. But I can't see, I don't see him blowing up. You know, like this year, I don't see him having a huge blow up. Um, I think he's a, he's great and. I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason, but I'm glad he's, I like him. I think he's so handsome. And that's really what matters to me at the end of the day. He is. He's really good looking. Um, but also, so like, what do you, for next year, what's your dream scenario? You ship Wentz off and get a third? 
yeah. even trade that contract? Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, it's hard because I'm not cap expert, so I don't want to sit here and be like, I don't know what they would get for him. I don't think they would trade him for anything less than um, a first and probably give somebody a fourth or a fifth. Uh, not to say he's worth it, but... I don't know if he's worth it, but <laughs> he's not. Yeah, but I don't I can't see a team trading and taking that cap hit for anything less than a fourth and giving a fifth or something. It would behoove them to rip the emotional band-aid off and just kind of start over. Cause there are some really good young guys that are like appearing to be really solid, but if they don't pull the plug, then it's they're that's the problem is the Eagles like hang on to people too long and then they don't have any value. Um, so I would love to see a lot of people get traded, uh, and then new people come in and whether Wentz be one of those, I'm not really sure. Uh, again, I, it's hard to say like whether or not Wentz is the problem or if it was a thousand other things plus Wentz. I think that last game kind of showed that he definitely was a portion of it. Yeah. Um, to say that he is still the entire problem, I wouldn't argue again. Um, they actually ran the ball. Miles Sanders played the game last time, which he hasn't done like all year so it's it's really weird i don't know what's going on but i love the drama i have miles sanders in my very competitive fantasy league (laughs) me me too it's been very frustrating a fucking mess it's been a nightmare and then they played him last week and i was like that's not i I don't even want to hear that it's been a nightmare from you tony i don't even want to hear it i don't i don't want to hear it i am i i i don't want to hear it i'm done i'm tired how many Oh, this is the Fordham League. This is the Fordham League. I heard about this league. I think, how many years have we been in a division together? Is it, is there a fourth year in the division together? I think it's the third. I think this is my third year. I've won three straight division titles. <laughs> but, but <laughs> so okay, weird, this was, this was a contention point for me. Once I was out of playoff contention, which happened very quickly, we all know that. Once I was out of playoff contention, Doug is trying to sell me on this consolation bracket. And I'm like, all right, small potatoes. I don't really give a shit about that. But get your money back if you win. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you get your 50 bucks back. That's fine. That's fine. Small potatoes. I'm here for the pride. And I fucking killed you a couple weeks ago. Did I not? Did you? Yup. I'm not surprised. I'm not she surprised said, you didn't even notice. Yeah. Hang on. I had already the playoffs so long ago i've i had a buy i've just been my first actually important fantasy football game is going to happen finally next week it's been it's been weeks i don't know how to look this up you beat me 107.1 to 101.3 in week 12 there we go all right so maybe it wasn't a total ass whooping but it was still pretty good six points it was it six points i do that math right six points i don't i don't know it was know. six points i don't know if that's it that's one touchdown. That was all, honestly, like in in talking to everyone, because I'm actually, Tony, contrary to popular belief within our league, I'm actually pretty good at fantasy football. I'm doing really well in my other two leagues. I believe you. I feel like you've actually got, had, I've, I've noticed how horrible your luck has been in our league over three years. Well, thank you. I feel you. like you always get hit by injuries really hard. Yes, I do. It's just something that you can't control. It's hard, but, but. I that was kind of I'm here for the the pride and the pride that I got this year was out of finally beating you, which I had never done in the three years prior. Mm. It was pretty awesome. Tony, Tony's like, he's like, I don't give a shit. It's fine. You know, this is this like when the Browns used to play the Ravens in like 2008. That's how they'd get like one win. And And you'd be like, good job. Yeah, (laughs) Tony. Tony, another Ravens question for you. Does Hollywood Brown have to give back his nickname? Yes. Well, he did catch a 44-yard touchdown pass. But one. I could have run that ball in. That's how open he was at that point. I don't know. He's I'm so frustrated with Hollywood Brown. I still call him Hollywood Brown. Because it's so, more fun. It's more fun. It's more fun. Also, he's it's kind of a joke already. It's Hollywood, Florida, they're talking about. That's where he's from. Yeah. So kind of funny. Um I I really think he can still be a good player. I really do. I think I think the Ravens need a possession receiver. Maybe Des Bryant will fill that role. Who knows? I still have faith a little bit, kind of, in him. But what we really need is like, I mean, 
dream scenario, we land Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, someone like that in the offseason, someone who is just big and can catch, and then Hollywood can run his fucking go routes and, and deep posts and stuff and not have to worry, not have to, first of all, be covered by the team's best cornerback or even have to make contested catches because he obviously can't do that. That's just not his thing. He needs to also be able to just catch normal passes, though, which is proving to be difficult every week. Yeah. Um, which is killing me because he's talented. And he's Lamar's best friend. It's very <gasps> they're, – they're from the same neighborhood. They grew up they – sh- they come to the game together every week. They drive together. And, like, it's very adorable. So it's, I hope it can somehow work out, but he's obviously been very disappointing this year. Are, are Lamar and Marquise Brown like the buddy comedy that I've been missing from? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They'll make you like stupid comedies again. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Cause they're like, I actually, I admittedly haven't seen a whole lot of the way that Marquise interacts with the press, but Lamar is pretty funny. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. He, I just feel like he's pretty genuine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's something about that guy. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're all just so like we're at that age too. Like God, this always this just keeps coming back to like how old we are. But we're at that age too, where like all of these like really like powerful professional players are like twelve years old. And, yes, and and still have so much to learn. And like Lamar's a baby. He's a baby. I think he's twenty, twenty three, maybe. Yeah. I remember, I remember when we switched from Flacco to Lamar, I was obviously excited, but I had a, like, a quarter-life crisis where I was like, my starting quarterback is younger than I am? Yeah. Like, that's not, they're supposed to be, like, dad, you know? Look, it was, like, it, it was the same thing with Eli and DJ. I'm sure. I'm sure. Same yeah. thing. Eli was dad. It was like, yeah, let's have a catch, Eli, dad. Yeah. And, and no one <laughs> in... In the National Football League, I feel like at least in the last, let's say, like three or four years, maybe it really exemplifies dad more than I feel like Eli Manning does. Yeah. Like he's just because he's goofy and fun. Yeah. And like a normal dude. He's kind of a goober. Did you did you hear about ESPN is this is kind of a rumor, but like also not really. We all kind of know it's happening. They're developing a show for Eli to talk about college football. No, I haven't heard about that. It makes me nervous. I don't know if he's as charismatic as as Peyton, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to do here. Yeah, that's honestly surprising that they would. I mean, he's a man and he can get whatever he wants, but. Uh, huh. I just wonder if they'll lean into his little brotherness or like his derpiness a little bit somehow. <laughs> that fun. Yeah, it would be. I mean, it's just like 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 Peyton like clearly has like he left the league and like has that personality. Like you knew he was going to be on TV, and like Archie, like coach, like you know, there's there's all these different places where like the Mannings have kind of spread within the world of football and I can't really identify a good place for Eli, but I don't know if it's on TV. It's I think what they need to do is do like sort of like a Steve Brule like anti comedy show with with Eli. Or like an Eric Andre type of show. The the Eric Andre sports show hosted by Eli Manning. And like (laughs) terrible things happen and like the desk always falls apart or whatever or like it's like just a horrible weird bad sports talk show but hosted by eli manning on purpose (laughs) i would pitch i think it's pretty good like a very choreographed dumpster fire yes every week and like eli drinks a juice box every week or something or whatever oh the juice box that now that needs to be in there that should be eli should make sure that's in his contract we're gonna send that to his people um the juice boxes that's special you know he's got a lot of them he's got like 20 kids picked up by archie after every show you know yeah picks, picks little eli up not little eli, Time to come, eli. <laughs> your, your show sure okay cute yeah i mean they are such a like family like they're like i if not the one of the first families of football, like now you've got the young kid in in college. You've got Arch, who everyone's watching, and 
already being scouted for the NFL and I don't even know where he plays. Okay. Yeah. I Mike, can you look up who Ar- where Arch Manning plays football? The youngest, the youngest Manning who's currently kind of still within the universe. Is a 15-year-old superstar is the first one I'm going to and the nephew of Peyton. Da, 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 high school. Da, 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 da. Grandson. Wow, okay, so his family just likes to be really great, I guess. <laughs> um, Isidore Newman School. Isidore Newman School. He's in college. This guy's in college. Mike, you're fired. No, it says Arch Manning is the 15 year old superstar nephew of Peyton. And this was written in October of 2020. Arch Manning College. If I end up being right, you have to send me an edible arrangement to apologize. Ooh, nice. <laughs> with the one with chocolate, the, the, stra- the chocolate strawberries. Grandchildren, Arch None of that Manning. Fruit. No, not like the mangoes or something. I don't want that. <laughs> About the kid. <laughs> then why was he on TV? I watched him play on TV. All right, this is just a terrible conversation. High school football plays on TV. Not in like major markets. Well, when you're Arch Manning, apparently. Called <laughs> superstar. Is what they say here. <laughs> All right, you're not fired. Sorry. I am getting an edible arrangement though, which I'm excited about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. What if I was that successful at 15? What was I doing when I was 15? Crying, probably. And you were straight. I wasn't playing football, but I was straight. And if one one more boy crosses me, it's going to happen again. I'll take it back. I mean it this time. Tony, did you ever play sports before you decided to go to performing arts boarding school and meet me? I played tennis. I still play tennis when I can. And not in New York, because it's like, I don't know how you even do that. It's a pain in the ass somehow. But I'm, I'm pretty good at tennis. That's pretty good. All right? Singles? Doubles? Like, what do you like? I like singles. Singles is more fun. Because I'm fast. I'm pretty fast. I have good lateral quickness. Um, so I can dart around. And in doubles, you can't, because there's another person there. And they're supposed to hit it. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you played football, what position would you want to be? Or what position do you think you'd be really good at? I, ha- I think I'd have to do slot receiver for the same mentions, same reasons I just mentioned. You know, uh-huh. quick little short routes, get the ball, maybe make one guy miss and then get out of bounds. You know, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> Couldn't play on the outside too short. Couldn't play any other position too violent. <laughs> so. I think I'd be a good safety. Like, I, I don't really, I don't handle people one-on-one, but I do get, like, lay of the land. Yeah. Like, I, I do get to scurry around and kind of just figure it out. I'm good when I get to work by myself, but in group settings. <laughs> I find. That's actually, like, a super accurate analysis of that position. And I'm very impressed that you just kind of pulled it <laughs> out of your ass. <laughs> I just feel like I, like you, you get to do your own thing and kind of like scan the environment uh, and you don't really have like a specific job other than to try and mess things up. And I feel like if I were to be good at anything, it would be messing things up. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you both also have like really good like hand coordination to like, like Mike is a safety, like catch like an interception or like, like Tony, cause you both are very like musical, you know, you have like that, that awareness i'm like doing this weird thing with my fingers right now i don't really know what it is um but it's it's like a weird backwards form of jazz hands and a lot smaller um Mm. but but i feel like that is definitely something that can contribute to athleticism i've got really yeah that was a radio silence (laughs) moment there (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know wait kata what, what position would you play Oh, I'm like 110% like the coach, the like assistant. No, coach. what play? No, you're playing the game. What, what oh, position God. would you get at? All right. Don't, don't say kicker. No, I'd be a horrible kicker. I have no aim. <laughs> I'd be horrible. Um, 
like I couldn't even like hold the ball because I'm I'm afraid of it. I don't like when balls are flying at my face. Like that's notoriously like why my parents. I mean, I'm not going to talk too much well, about that because we don't have time. But it we is could what it really is. get into that, and I'm not really a huge fan of that either these days. But um, <laughs> I like I don't. I guess like. I guess like the the being that I don't like people touching me and I don't like to catch things I'd probably be a quarterback edge rusher is what I I thought you were gonna say and I was off I guess me I think you'd be really good I think you'd be a good edge rusher because edge rushers don't have to be IML this is this is an opinion I don't think edge rushers have to be necessarily strong but they have to be really um uh they have to be really fox-like. Like, you just have to be really good at, like, getting around people. And I feel like you would thrive in that See, environment. See, but I'm not agile. Like, I fall down a lot. No, but you fuck with people well. Yeah. That's true. It's all about fucking with people. Yeah, I feel like, and you could do like a cute little spin move and get away from people. I feel like I could see it for you. This has really got my wheels turning. Um, we might have to reassess this on another day, because I told Tony I wouldn't take more than an hour of his time. Um, this wow that all right i i'm gonna take that as a huge compliment but i also don't really agree i'm gonna have to think more on that um wild um hey tony what uh what's where can we find you next <laughs> oh god on the internet yeah i'm on, I'm <laughs> on the internet i'm on the internet i'm all over the fucking internet you had oh. the best twitter and then you stopped Oh, I'll come back. I tweet. I try and tweet like once a year. What was my last tweet? Was it more than a year ago? It was. I don't remember. It was a while ago. It, I don't know. It was Twitter. Your Twitter just always every day gave me life like on the subway ride to Fordham. Yeah. Get me. Find me on Twitter, people. At Toners889. Come on. Toners. At Toners889. Years ago. I went rogue on the UFR Twitter on what was you it? You go Sunday? rogue every week on the UFR Twitter. I'm about to change that password on your ass. <laughs> no, I need the outlet. I can't afford therapy. <laughs> Where else am I supposed to let my feelings be like, you know, public? Tony, I know you're not really on Twitter, but all he does on Twitter is flirt with like the kickers. Who's your favorite? Justin Tucker. It's got no, be. no, oh, no. It's Cody Parkey. <laughs> it's Cody Parkey. Without a doubt, Tucker's the cutest of all. He's an opera singer. He... Wait, who... Justin Tucker studied opera performance at University of Texas. Look up, look up. Whoa, Maria. He's amazing. He... I'm gonna see who has him in fantasy. I'm gonna trade right now. He's. He is married, though, unfortunately. That's never been a problem in the past. Where is he? Um, hold. Oh, my God. What a life changer. I feel, I, I, and this is why it hasn't worked out, is because I'm, and I mean, I thought you meant I, Butker. I think he's great, but he also looks like he would hurt my feelings. So I don't know if I, I think I've learned my lesson with boys that look like that. Oh, he's really handsome. Mm -hmm. with, those, with the little goggles he wears. Yeah. He's really sexy. Yeah. I mean, what's well, that? And also I get really mad when like people can't cover their man. And I'm like, listen, I just feel like you have to hyper fixate on a relationship, you know? And then that's how you stick to your man. I put gay men in football and they'll, ne they'll never miss coverage is all I'm trying to say. Uh, uh, I see. It just makes me so mad. I was like, y'all don't have the emotional recall for this kind of job. <laughs> And it's infuriating. <laughs> There's probably been so many gay football players that just weren't openly gay. Probably. We've, we've been trying. There have been a couple who have been on our radar that we've been trying to get on our show. Um, just to kind of talk about the culture of everything. Um, I mean, it's just so like flooded with toxic masculinity, as is like the like the, the media surrounding it is, too. I mean, it's just it's pitiful. We need to do better. Football? Football is so scared of femininity. They're terrified. And it's so weird. They wear tights every every game. I know. I'm like, y'all are piling on each other, giving big hugs all the time, and you're gonna sit here and have a problem with people acting 
I'm not even gonna say like like queer, just like feminine. Like it's so odd. I'm just like, well, mm-mm. It doesn't make any sense to me, not when you're all touching each other like that on a regular basis. Listen, I'm not the biggest Juju Smith Schuster fan in the world. Um, but like even him dancing before the games, which has been such like a thing, like the amount of like weird like comments I've seen on the internet about like it's it's like gay to dance and obviously in a pejorative way they're using this right and like it's just lame and sad and i'm like that's i fucking think the dancing's funny and cool even if it's juju it's also like people need to be funnier right it's a game it's a game play Ezekiel Elliott comes out every game in a crop top and buns and everyone always makes fun of him. And I was like, listen, he is working this runway and you will leave him alone. (laughs) He's so happy. But how old will he be when he regrets the tattoo? And this is as someone who has their entire abdomen tattooed speaking. How, how old will they be? How old will he be when he regrets the tattoo? That's the, that's the final question of the episode. Hey, Tony, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> for this chaotic conversation. This is all we do because I'm too tired to do anything else. <laughs>